Welcome to session number four of the prayer training course. This session builds on part one of the study in which we considered some of the attributes or conditions that are foundational as we prepare to pray. Such preparation was seen as essential to enabling us to come into God's presence. This included firstly the biblical principles for prayer and we continued by then looking at our physical environment, our thoughts and our motivation to pray. Broadly, prayer falls into two categories, those where we offer praise and worship to God and those where we seek God's grace, either for ourselves or others. The latter includes our prayers of intercession. This study seeks to go deeper into the examination of the various personal approaches that we may take in preparing for prayer. Our objective is to identify and apply those effective methods that allow us to enter the very throne room of God each and every time we pray. The key word for this study is meditation. As we seek to examine and consider ways in which meditation can be beneficial to our prayers, we should recognise that adoration of God is an appropriate starting point for all prayer. Psalm 100 verses 4 and 5 gives us an excellent insight to how we should address God as we seek his presence. It states, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Let's examine the biblical principles for praying. Firstly, med meditation on the word. The key to effective prayer is our relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus is based on faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrew 11 that without faith it is impossible to please God. This is the appropriate point in the study to read Hebrews chapter 11, for it expresses the key outcomes and benefits of faith in God and identifies some of the heroes of faith. In particular, Hebrews 11 verse 6 states this, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Accordingly, it is important to build up or increase our faith, so that when we come before God in prayer, we can speak to him on his terms, that is, in terms expressed in the scriptures, including his many promises. In 2 Corinthians 10 verses 12 to 17, we see an example of the need to increase our faith so that we can operate effectively in our sphere of spiritual endeavour. We can build our faith by reading and meditating on God's word, that is the Bible. Faith is also able to purify our hearts, see Acts 15 verse 9, thus making us righteous before God. God also calls us to holiness 
in our conduct. And that is found in 1 Peter 1 verse 16. Meditation on God's words conditions our thoughts to actually hear in new and vivid ways what God wants us to hear and comprehend. We have access to God's grace through faith. See Romans 5 verse 2. We often read the Bible and while the words are interesting and we acknowledge them mentally as the truth, they may not resonate in our spirit or speak directly into our heart emotively as God intended that they should. After meditating on specific passages of scripture, we frequently have a clearer perception of what God is saying to us through his word. Psalm 119 verse 148 gives a specific example of David waking in the night to meditate on God's word. In Psalm 119 verses 158 to 160, we see the revealed wisdom that God has made known to David. Similar revelations of God's truth are available to us when in faith we meditate on his word. The word of God is able to make us clean, that is, righteous before God. Jesus made the following statement to his disciples about the cleansing power of his spoken word, which also is reflected in scripture. John 15 verse 3 says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Further, Malachi chapter 3 verses 16 to 18, tells of the reward that is to those who meditate on God's name. God says, they shall be mine, and on that day I will make them my jewels. Those who meditate on God shall have their name written in the book of remembrance, and we see that in Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. We should now appreciate that meditation is one of the key activities that will bring us into a deeper and closer relationship with our God in and through our Saviour Jesus Christ. We trust that God's Holy Spirit will also teach us all things necessary to nurture this relationship. Let's look at Jesus now, the Word of God. In the scriptures, the term the word is understood to mean the written word of God. It is also known as the revealed will of God or the Bible. However, in the Bible, the Old Testament prophesies of a coming Messiah, whom we know as Jesus Christ. The New Testament expands on this prophecy and clearly identifies Jesus as the living word of God or the revealed word of God. Jesus is the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy. He is the Christ. He is also known as the word. The first written word of God is the Ten Commandments given by God to Moses on tablets of stone and in turn to the Hebrew nation as they journeyed through the wilderness from Egypt to the promised land. While it is important for Christians to have a sound knowledge of the written word of God, it is only one part of knowing and understanding God. The more important aspects of 
the word is that Jesus Christ is the revealed word of God. In the New Testament book of John, we read in John 1 verses 1 to 4, In the beginning was the word, that is Jesus Christ, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He, that is Jesus Christ, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, that is Jesus Christ, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him, that is Jesus Christ, was life, and the life was the light of men. The reason why it is important to meditate on the word is so that we can come into a right relationship with God through faith in our Saviour Jesus Christ. Whole sections of Old Testament scripture point to Jesus Christ, whereas the New Testament affirms and proclaims his coming to earth, his death, his resurrection and his saving grace. His Holy Spirit now lives in the hearts, that is, the inner being of believers, and gives us access by faith to our Heavenly Father through Jesus. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are empowered to do the works that God calls us to undertake, and we do this in the name of Jesus. So, how do we meditate on the Word? There are many ways to meditate. Quietening our spirit, our mind and our emotions is a good starting point. Following are some thoughts on a personal approach to meditation. 1. With an open mind, read a passage of scripture that is either a favourite verse or two, or listen for a prompting of the Holy Spirit to pinpoint a suitable passage. Once you have read it, repeat it, looking for insights or inspiration. Simply ponder on the words and let them sink into your heart. 2. Take time to memorise key verses so that they can be easily recalled at a later time. 3. Listen intently in your spirit as you slowly ponder on the word. Empty all other thoughts from your mind. Listen to hear if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. 4. Make an emotional commitment to what you have read. Ponder on how God would think about what the verses say. Ponder whether God is speaking to you and your circumstances through the verse. Perhaps God has a revelation for you to share with a friend or relative. If so, test carefully before speaking. See 1 John 4 verse 1. 5. As you ponder... God may give you a vision or a dream, just as he did for Habakkuk. See Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. You may need to seek guidance from the Holy Spirit to interpret the vision or dream for you. As you meditate, ponder how your thoughts fit in with what the Bible teaches and your life in general. How would God be glorified by what your meditative thoughts reveal? Is there a deeper spiritual connotation? And finally, examine the meditative thoughts critically and see whether God is calling you to put thoughts into action that will grow the kingdom of God and bring glory to Jesus Christ. Let's look now at the role of the Holy Spirit. 
In some Christian circles, there is debate whether or not we should pray to the Holy Spirit. Noting that we are encouraged in Jude 1 verse 20 to pray in the Spirit. In John 14 verse 26, Jesus teaches us that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance all of Jesus' teaching. John 14.26 says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. As the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit can teach us all things, then surely we should listen intently to receive his wisdom and guidance in both spiritual and temporal matters. Jesus speaking in Luke 11 verse 13 states that our Heavenly Father wants to give the Holy Spirit to us. And this is what that verse says. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Meditating on the Holy Spirit should be no different to meditating on Jesus, for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. And we see that in Philippians 1 verse 19. The Apostle Paul encouraged the Ephesians to pray in the Spirit. In Ephesians 6 verse 18, he says, Praying always with all power and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Similarly, in Jude chapter 1 verse 20, we read, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit and keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Finally, in 1 John 5 verse 7, it affirms that God is in fact a, a trinity comprising the Father, the Son, who is the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when praying to, in, or through the Holy Spirit, we are praying to the triune God. 1 John 5, verse 7 says this, For there are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Let's turn now to Spirit-filled music and songs. Spiritual music and songs are another means by which we can meditate on God. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 5, we read, where David and all the house of Israel worshipped and praised God with music and musical instruments. Again, in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 32, and 1 Chronicles 13, verse 8, and 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 6 we read where the Israelites ministered to God with music in worship settings. Singing is also a key activity in praising God. See Deuteronomy 31 verse 19, 31 verse 21, 31 verse 22 and 31 verse 30. There are many gospel CDs and DVDs available nowadays that provide 
spiritually uplifting melodies and songs that build up our inner spirit. In a similar manner to reflecting on the word, we can play this music and move our thoughts into and onto spiritual matters. We can intentionally focus our being on Jesus as melody and song lifts and encourages our spirit. Often the words or the music can touch us deeply and our emotions soar. We feel at peace with God and we are inspired to become closer and truer to him and his mission on earth. Just as we needed to set ourselves apart with the word, we need also a private space in which to engage with the Lord in music and song. With the advent of iPods and similar devices, we are able to have an extensive library of music and songs to listen virtually anywhere we choose. The key is to be intentional in our listening so that we are seeking to find God in the music or the words and to see and hear whether he is speaking to us for a purpose. Many references in the Psalms indicate that meditation was undertaken at night and in bed. This is an ideal setting for meditating using an iPod. We turn now to meditation in fasting. Meditation through reading the word and contemplation through music and song are activities which generally do not require personal deprivation. Fasting, on the other hand, requires significant commitment and some deprivation. In Ezra 8 verse 21, we read where Ezra proclaimed a fast for the specific purpose that the people might humble themselves before God and seek from God the right way to go. These verses from Ezra speak powerfully about the purpose and effect of prayer and fasting. Ezra chapter 8 verses 21 to 23. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahavagava that we might humble ourselves before God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king, an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all of those who for good seek him, but his power and his wrath against those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. Before starting to meditate with prayer and fasting, one must undertake a self-examination if the fasting process is to be effective. The very foundation of fasting and prayer is repentance. Unconfessed sin will hinder our prayers. Here are several things you can do to prepare your heart. Ask God to help you make a comprehensive list of any unconfessed sins. Confess every sin that the Holy Spirit calls to your remembrance and accept God's forgiveness. See 1 John 1 verse 9. Seek forgiveness from all whom you have offended and forgive all who have hurt you. 
See Mark 11 verse 25, Luke 11 verse 4 and Luke 17 verses 3 and 4. Make restitution as the Holy Spirit leads you. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit according to his command in Ephesians 5.18 and his promise in 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15. Surrender your life fully to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Master. Refuse to obey your worldly nature. See Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. Meditate on the attributes of God, his love, sovereignty, power, wisdom, faithfulness, grace, compassion and others. See Psalm 48 verses 9 and 10, Psalm 103 verses 1 to 8 and 11 to 13. Begin your time of fasting and prayer with an expectant heart. See Hebrews 11 verse 6. Do not underestimate spiritual opposition. Satan sometimes intensifies the natural battle between body and spirit. See Galatians 5 verses 16 and 17. Finally, seek God's wisdom before you enter a fast. Trust in the words of Proverbs 3 verses 3 and 4 and ask the Lord to clearly direct your path. That concludes this session. May God indeed speak powerfully as you seek to meditate upon him who is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Bless you in your endeavours to pray faithfully. Amen. Amen.